Hello, this is Denik speaking. How may I be of service? A listener of Denik's English podcast, you say? Yes, yes, you have come to the right place indeed. This is Denik's English podcast. Exactly. This is part two of how I took the IELTS exam. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Don't feel any guilt listening in on this private telephone conversation because it is not real. I've just made it up. So strap in, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of the podcast. In the last episode, in part two of this, I started describing to you by experience of taking IELTS exam. Uh, it was on May the 13th. I told you all about the listening, reading as well as the writing part and how tired I was because of lack of sleep the night before the exam. How great I did in reading, getting a score of maximum nine and how I messed up writing, getting only seven. How disappointing that was and, and all that. Then I went on to talk about the ordeal of having to wait for the speaking part for about two no two for about four hours how I had to walk around the city center in circles to keep myself awake. So let me try to pick up where I left off last time. I did do more of walking in the last minutes of this long and unpleasant wait and then the time came the speaking part time. I checked in showed my ID to the administration people and then I was supposed to wait in one classroom for the examiner to grab me. At this point I was actually gearing up by drinking an energy drink but no sooner had I managed to finish half of the drink than the examiner came. He was a tall English gentleman maybe in his 60s or late 50s and he approached me saying are you Zdenek Lukas and yes I am I answered come with me Zdenek when he uttered his first words to me a thought came to mind he reminded me a bit of Luke's father or someone like David Crystal he really exuded a lot of wisdom and charm upon first impression This was kind of reassuring. On top of that, he had a British accent. I don't know how to explain it, but it does make a huge difference to me when I hear the British accent. Nothing against Americans and other accents of English language, but I just feel better among the British and I feel more at home when I can hear this accent. So, why is this? I've been thinking and I've got my theory, I've got my hypothesis. When it comes to confidence, and I'm sure you would agree with me that confidence is what it is all about when you speak, especially during exams and especially when you meet strangers. So when it comes to confidence, the difference between an average American and me is just too big. As a result, whenever I talk to an American, I'm usually more anxious than normally. I hope 
uh, this doesn't sound racist or anything, it's just the way I have it. I'm just speaking my mind here, listeners. Please take it with a pinch of salt. I had feared the speaking part a bit, because I'm capable of all sorts of speaking performances, ranging from stumbling over my words, not being able to string a sentence together, having problems to express and justify what I think, to feeling on the top of the world as if I was a fluent native speaker. I had spoken about this in the episode I recorded with Luke. Sometimes I feel in the zone, it seems like I can say anything I want while being 100% fluent. Yes, I do get these moments while teaching and explaining grammar most of the time. Uh, because um, I really feel confident about that and I feel like I know what I'm doing. It's just one of the things that I know like the back of my hand. The truth is, I probably am often a bit too harsh on myself too. And I compare myself to native speakers and sometimes, weirdly, even to Luke. Maybe compare is a bad choice of word there. Maybe I just want to be like him or something. I look up to him. He's my idol. His active vocab is possibly twice as bigger than mine, so he's more confident and funnier. So comparing myself to Luke is is a nonsense. It's just something I shouldn't do. Yet, weirdly enough, at the back of my mind I do this. I think I am just being competitive and In my life, I kind of tend to aim very high. Maybe it's just some my subconscious speaking or something like that. I don't know. But whenever I try to think about this with a clear mind, I have to laugh at myself. Like, what the hell are you doing, Zdenek? Uh, start, Start thinking straight. I'm speaking about other aspects of my life as well. This this is not just about that. I am... Um, i tend to aim high in a lot of things. For one, as you know, my dream is to work abroad, possibly in England, surrounded by the British. And secondly, although this might seem unrelated, I have experienced several heartbreaks, only because I went after girls who some would say are way out of my league. Girls that may be referred to as 9 out of 10s or 10 out of 10s. I hope this doesn't sound sexist or anything. The truth is, I am an ordinary looking guy. I don't classify myself as excessively handsome. I am handsome, to a certain extent, in my own way, more or less, kind of, sort of, a comic relief. All these have been examples of vague language. Please, if you want to know more, Send, a, send an email to zdenek.lukas at seznam.cz. Um, this is where you can find more information, because I am an English teacher who can explain this to you in the best possible way, uh, blah, blah, blah. The only reason I dated some really beautiful girls is because they thought I was charismatic and confident, apparently. Well, that was when I was doing well feeling good about myself, and when I had a lot of self-esteem. 
We are really going back to my university times. Last five years, though, I've been feeling the exact opposite, having lower opinion of myself than ever before. There have been several reasons for it. Something really bad happened to me five years ago, which affected both my mental as well as physical health, and I've been unable to come back. Although I'm not giving up, I keep having my dreams. Anyway, what's my point here? The point is, I'm a dreamer. Often being a dreamer may be perceived in other people's eyes as having unrealistic goals. I think big, I do. It's not always the right idea, I have to admit. But that's who I am. We do have a culture of envy here in the Czech Republic, actually. Being successful can be frowned upon. It is different from, for instance, um, the US. Because if you are in the US and, for example, you have a big house and a big car and big salary, then your neighbor will look up to you. you your neighbor will admire you for, for what you have achieved. But here in the Czech Republic, it's the exact opposite. Uh, you will come across as suspicious as someone who must have gained this money and this wealth and this success through some uh, unscrupulous ways. Uh, you must have done this through corruption or something like that. That's, that's the difference be between the mentality of Czech and American people, for instance. So, now imagine, this is, this is where I live. This is the environment that surrounds me. So, you know, it's, not, it's never easy. It's never easy, this. Anyway, on balance, a good mix between ambitious and humble is the right mix, I think. It's, it's a way to go. So I just need to keep um, my feet on the ground and take everything step by step and the results will eventually come. I hope so anyway. Like you never know. I could get, I could get run over by a car and uh, all my dreams might be shattered. You just never know. That's why you have to be vigilant, watchful, mindful and humble, you know? Um, it's it's uh, no good just thinking that um, it's no good just getting carried away you just have to keep your feet on the ground all right I think I was supposed to be talking about my speaking was I not yes I was so how did I do in the speaking part well guess what ladies and gentlemen I felt very very positive after I took it I felt really good after it and the feeling didn't lie. I got an amazing 8.5 out of 9. Now, when I told this uh, to Luke in a message, his reaction was just, holy shit, 8.5 in speaking. Now, how on earth did I get 8.5 in speaking? Well, that is a good question that boggles my mind actually up to this very day. I don't think... I can repeat this every single time. I am confident that I can get, um, I can always get 7.5 or 8 for that matter, but 8.5 is basically the native speaker level. 
C2, the highest possible level you can achieve as an English learner. There is no D1 or D2 or E1 or E2 or F1 or F2. No, that's it. C2 is the is the top, is the top level, the peak. Okay? So why? How? I don't know where to start. I guess possibly from the pronunciation. From the very start, I knew that I have to show off my best English and because the first questions I was asked were easy, I did present myself with rather good pronunciation, I have to say. It is easier for me to pronounce things well if my mind doesn't have to be occupied with other things. That's why maybe now I may sound um, better when I'm uh, actually reading out from the script recording this episode because, um, well, it's, it's just easier to read and focus on the pronunciation. And easy questions means that I can give answers more automatically, which saves a lot of time, which kind of saves my energy, and I can focus on pronunciation. In that respect, I have to say, I'm a fan of how the IELTS is structured. I think it makes a perfect sense. The tasks are well-ordered, with really good progression, and um, and they they have a good psychological effect on the candidates. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the IELTS speaking part. Later on, you have to think more and give more arguments and give longer answers. Your brain has to work a bit more. A typical pitfall is when people lose the thread, when they go blank, when they suddenly don't know what to say and they don't sound coherent. And that didn't happen to me because because I can ramble. I can ramble, I can drivel, I can waffle on. How can I do that? Well, because I have been doing this podcast called Denex English Podcast for four years since actually spring 2013. I've just fact-checked that. I have to say, and this is a big claim, a huge statement, I owe this IELTS success to the podcast, at least when it comes to the speaking, which means I owe it to you as well, you, my listeners, because, you know, without audience, I would never be able to carry on recording the podcasts. So... During this speaking exam, as much as I might have been slightly nervous, and I was a bit nervous, but not excessively, I have to say, uh, the memory is a bit blurred now, but I definitely wasn't scared. I was in my element, slightly nervous, but determined. And I think it's it's actually very, very good. Recently, Ollie Richards, um, in I'll Teach You a Language, podcast has spoken about this. It's good to be a little bit nervous before exams. It, it can actually boost your performance. Also, another thing, and this is, this is kind of amusing, there actually was a recorder, because the speaking exam gets recorded for the purpose of the evaluation and assessment. Uh, the, the examiner can listen back to it and just um, give a 
better better assessment. It doesn't. I don't think it ever gets published on the internet or anything. Although it would be quite cool. I would love to have that recording and just play it to you right now, just to give you an idea, and just to sort of give you a benchmark of how much is needed to to get 8.5. So the recorder was a funny thing. And it did remind me of recording the podcast. That thought came to mind when the, the recorder looks very, or looked very similar to the one that I'm holding right now, recording this episode with. So it was a bit of deja vu. And I would even go further than that. It felt almost exactly the same, except for the fact that there was this examiner bloke. And it really mattered to me. It mattered to me what I say. And how well I do. I'm not saying recording podcasts doesn't matter or anything. Of course it does. But most of the pressure is kind of off. You know? I don't feel extremely pressurized recording this episode. Um, quite the opposite. I, I feel quite relaxed. While I'm lying in a, in a sofa here in my garden. Surrounded by this beautiful nature. And singing birds and... Yeah, it's it's awesome. And I'm actually sitting underneath um, a cherry tree. Yeah, that's right. So, um, how more relaxed can I be? It, it can't really be compared to the IELTS speaking exam um, in that sense. But the recorder is kind of similar. Also, the questions I was asked during this exam. It started off with, what do you do? Well, actually, I happen to be an English teacher, I said, rather surprised and amused at having just been asked that question. Immediately, it made the examiner smile, and I knew we are on the same wavelength from the beginning, and that was important. And that's because he was a teacher himself, you know? You don't really fill in your occupation in the application form, so he can't have known that we were colleagues, uh, he can't have known that until this moment. And like, there's a lot of questions he could have asked, and he asked exactly this one. So I think there was already some sort of connection. And if you have some uh, human connection like that, that must help inevitably. As much as he wants to be unbiased and uh, objective, I think it's it's at the back of the mind, you know, like, oh, this is another teacher and, and you know, all that. Anyway, um, I'm not saying I did not deserve this score, by the way. I'm just saying that this could have possibly played um, some role or it could have played a part. He must have thought I barely speak English or something when he saw me first time. <laughs> this is just hilarious. But when I opened my mind and said that I was an English teacher, <laughs> you know, he was just beaming with, with a smile. And especially the way I said it, I said, actually, which is an expression that you use when something is different that you might, than you might expect. I said, actually, and then I said, I happen to be an English teacher. So it's, it's another really nice expression. So I think I might have um, scored there some points already by using a good uh, good vocabulary there. Um, actually, um, 
he was a really, really nice British gentleman, like I said. I had once been told by one English teacher, I don't remember who it was, but I think it was at university, if you manage to make the examiner laugh during the speaking exam, it's in the bag. A good result is imminent. And I think I am actually kind of good at that. When I am really stressed, I have this tendency, or gift some may call it, to create humor more than I normally do. I used to do this before my exams at uni. I would talk to the other students in this way, trying to make everybody laugh just before the exams, you know, like five, ten minutes before the exams, because that's when everybody was um, stressed most. And frankly, they would do the same to me. I think it helped us calm down. I think it is probably described in clever books of psychology as a viable strategy. It must be. You just make a serious and important situation less serious by playing it down. That's the way it works. The worst thing you can do is make a big thing out of it. You must not take it too seriously. It is exactly how I approached the IELTS speaking exam as well. I smiled, I was natural, I even threw in a few situational jokes. I remember there was some sarcasm too when we talked about uh, a, a great salary or a high salary that us English teachers have. I think I must have um, throw, thrown in something like that. But at the, at the same time, I was being humble and respectful. I was not towering over the examiner or anything. I was rather sitting there huddled and just focusing on what I was supposed to be focusing. You know, I'm sure the psychologists would say that the body language really really uh, matters too and I, I'm not sure that I had the correct body language because I was I was kind of huddled like looking down and it, I was trying to keep the eye contact but I think I would have kept more high, um, eye contact if I um, if it wasn't an exam so you know it was what it was or it is what it is can I say it in the past I wonder but anyway in task two, I was asked to think of a better paid job, which I could do, and what it would be and why I would be good at it. You actually have one minute for this part to prepare it. Uh, you can use a pencil and a piece of paper and write your answers and structure your talk. Um, I really did a bad job at this preparation, I have to say, because I started preparing the answer about board games, like I could be a board game designer. And I actually scrapped the idea towards the end of this time limit. And then after 10 seconds, the teacher said, the time is up, let's talk about this. And then I told him, initially I thought I would talk about board games, but then I realized that being a board game designer is not exactly a well-paid job. So I'm going to talk about football. And then I went on to talk about Messi and Ronaldo and how I always dreamed to become a football player and what it what it takes to to be a, foot, a good football player that you need to um, train hard and you need to have a talent and you know that was easy for me to talk about that because I listen to a lot of podcasts about football I do have the vocabulary and uh, 
you know that that's that was the best thing that could happen to me just to just to talk about football <laughs> i think i've always had this talent to to just you know talk about something that i know very well even though the topic or the task may not look at first at first sight may not look like it's about football but i you know i uh, did my diploma thesis in linguistics about english football commentary so i think i think you get the idea so um in the further speaking part we talked about when i say we it was me but the the examiner asked me some questions we, um so we talked about the impact of money on people and what's important how how money is important and so on i did go into stereotypes comparing the mentality of czech and british people i think i uh, managed to cover very deep ideas i was well spoken articulate it all just clicked for me all went incredibly smoothly and at one point i even said that money is the root of all evil so i even managed to include a a, a british saying uh i think that's that's something because if you want to get to sea level in speaking if you want to get like 8.5 or 9 you have to show that you're capable of expressing your ideas in idiomatic english so it, it, you need you need to use phrasal verbs and i used one phrasal verb i i said if i remember it clearly i was also asked the uh, if i can play a musical instrument and i said that i used to play the piano when i was very young but i did not really attend the classes as i should have and after a few weeks i went off it so i used the phrasal verbs to go off something that means to you 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 start dislike something after some time so i i used phrasal verbs i used some idioms and even a saying money is the root of all evil so it was all going smoothly for me and after the exam i really felt as if i'd nailed it i felt so relieved and happy and it was just so cool in some way the feeling was similar to the one i had after i had taught my last assessed delta lesson so that was the speaking exam of the ielts and that's all basically later there was the labs to meet up and obviously i didn't have enough of being recorded so i recorded some more when the pressure is off my english level goes down inevitably it's the combination of tiredness and post stress everything was off my chest and i had some beers so it didn't matter so much anymore i was no longer being assessed and i know i made a few mistakes in the lapsed meet up episode by the way did you notice those mistakes i did when i listened back to it but you know i just published it who cares um if i had made those sorts of mistakes during my speaking exam i wouldn't have got 8.5 trust me but it did not happen i um i managed to get best out of myself during that exam so uh, i think it's it's actually quite nice that i have this story to tell now after the exam i went to a lapster meet up to meet very cool people to record some more of english so all in all 
I'm very, very proud to have scored eight in Isles General. This has been a lifelong effort. No matter what they say to you, you cannot learn English to C1 or let alone C2 level in a month or even a year. It is just not physically possible. My aim is to get to C2 level one day. Some would say that I'm already there. The score, the IELTS score says that I am borderline, I am 8, which is a, it's just a borderline between C1 and C2. Almost there, almost there, but not yet. Almost C2. Well, one day I would like to get there. But as you know, it's really hard to make progress these days, but I'll try to do my best. I'll, t I'll try to uh, take some steps which can help me get near that. Well, in fact, according to the exam, I am already there in the speaking and reading. I feel like if I did the exam again, I would probably get eight again, but possibly my score in listening and reading could be higher, hopefully. But uh, definitely in writing but my reading might easily be lower and who knows what question I would be asked during the speaking tasks we might not talk about my profession and football and money again something that I thought was uh, some we might not have such easy topics for me I don't know well the topics are usually this general and easy so probably probably it would be all right but you never know, you know. The, the questions really matter. Would I be able to repeat the score I got in speaking? Hmm, not sure about that. I might be. Anyway, the average mark I got is actually 8.125. And then I got 8 because it gets rounded down, which means all I needed was 0.5 in one of uh, the four parts and it would have rounded up. Because I would, I would have 8.25, which rounds up to 8.5, apparently. So I was so close, incredibly close, I just needed 0.5 points more in one of the four skills. The bloody writing. I have to keep coming back to this. If I hadn't written about 400 words uh, in a task in which you're supposed to write 250, I could have easily achieved that coveted 7.5 in writing which would put me on 8.5 so I was really really close to C2 actually really close or in fact according to my estimates all I possibly needed was one more point in listening that's another way of looking at it one bloody correct answer and I was C2 if only I had I had had more sleep before the exam a bit frustrating, but it is too late to cry over spilled milk. What's done is done and cannot be changed. They didn't even invent the time machine yet, so, you know, we. <laughs> when they do, uh, I may uh, contact the manufacturer and hopefully get one for myself and possibly change one of the answers. I gave in the listening part and maybe I would have 8.5. No, I don't think so. That could disrupt the space-time continuum. Um, so no, I should not do that. By the way, interesting fact, everyone. The ultimate score in IELTS is, as you know, 9. And it is virtually impossible 
to get that, even for native speakers. I've checked some statistics from 2015, and trust me, the, the exam hasn't changed since, since then. The, the format is exactly the same. And according to these stats, and they are taken from official IELTS website actually, check that out, just Google it. According to these stats, um, only 1% of the people who reported English as their first language, as their native tongue, only 1% of the, the native English speakers actually got 9 in the, in, the, in the IELTS. Can you believe that? And then, further, 15% got 8.5. What it means is that only 16% of people got a better mark in IELTS. Better mark than me. And the average mark is 6.5. I can't really believe that. I don't know how that is possible, but I think it might have to do with the fact that if a native speaker goes for the IELTS, they probably underestimate it. Don't prepare for it. Don't get familiarized with the with the format, with the exam format, which is something that you should always do. You should always do at least one test before the exam. The more the better, of course. That's the best way to prepare for this exam, okay? Because then you will not get surprised by what they ask you. Then you will not have to lose time to try and understand the the questions and the instructions. It is something that really matters. Okay, so the purpose of this episode was to explain the previous weird rambly episode. When I say previous, I mean the one before the previous, actually. You know, remember the garden uh, ramble episode? That's the one in which I actually was preparing for the speaking part of this exam. So the purpose of this double episode has been to to share my IELTS experiences with you. I hope you liked it. Please don't forget to join the Facebook group. Now recently I've been thinking and I realized that not all of you have the access to Facebook. And some of you might not even be allowed to use it. For instance, I'm aware that Chinese people don't have access to it alongside with YouTube and other websites. To be honest, I was quite surprised when my Chinese students living here in the Czech Republic told me, apparently, they can use Facebook here, but back home, they can't. It's just really mind-boggling that in the 21st century, you still do have places around the world where censorship is a thing. I don't know what to think other than that it isn't right. Well, it is what it is. I was wondering, would any of you listeners that I never hear from, and I know there are plenty of you out there, would any of you be willing to send me an email? Uh, my email is denek.lukas at seznam.cz That's Z-D-E-N-E-K dot L-U-K-A-S at S-E-Z-N-A-M dot C-Z Don't worry, you don't have to come up with an essay. Just say hi or hello. Tell me who you are and where you are from. I would love to hear from you. Um, I really would. Getting a message or an email or comment is the best thing that can happen to me as a podcaster. I'm an amateur podcaster, you know. I don't get paid for this. I just do it out of interest and out of love. 
for English language and out of love for you, my listeners. And I think we can sort of help each other, you know? You can pay me back by just contacting me, contacting me in this way. I'll scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. Not literally, of course. Although that would be nice if you are a beautiful girl or something. I wouldn't mind that in that case. If you are a beautiful girl, why don't you send me a photo and um, we could go on a date or something. You know I'm single, so we could go on a date and speak English and, and so on, you know. That would be nice too. <laughs> Am I actually doing this on the podcast live? Am I trying to uh, hook up a date? Wow, that's, that's something. <laughs> anyway... Every single message I get, you can be a guy, a man, I don't mind. Actually, I, I like to get messages from guys, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a huge boost for me, you know, a reason for me to keep going. For example, I want to thank Martin from Germany for his continuous support. You're great, Martin. You are one of the people I love doing the podcast for. You understand what this is about. You understand that I need feedback I do hope more people will contact me in the future. I really do. Okay, on a different note, recently I've been checking my iTunes reviews and I have five reviews there actually. Uh, well, in fact, there are six. But there's one I don't talk about here. Uh, okay, yes, let me confess. I did write that one myself so that I would have one more. How pathetic of me. Anyway, feel free to write iTunes review. It does help the podcast. And ultimately, uh, when I'm happy, you will be happy too. Because, you know, I've, okay, I, I think I'm repeating myself. But every single like, every single comment, even if it's a very short one, makes me want to record more and more episodes and publish more and more frequently. So the future of this podcast, we could say, lies in your hands indeed. All right, all right, enough of this. I think this message has got across. Okay, so it was nice recording another episode for you. I do enjoy this, you know, podcasting. It can be very, very satisfying and rewarding. Especially if you have a proof, like I do now, a proof that your speaking proficiency has been actually going up. You know, sometimes you just don't see it. Sometimes it's just, it's just invisible to you, seeing this sort of progress. A fucking 8.5. Not too shabby, I would say. This is a hell of evidence, I would say. A hell of evidence. These things actually make a huge difference. Seeing results like that from exams can be just as rewarding as um, communicating with my listeners. Um... And also, you know, when you get invited to podcasts, that's also great. And that's exactly what happened to me. Yes, I have been invited on someone else's podcast. That's right. I featured on my fluent podcast hosted by Daniel Goodson. And I had a lovely Skype chat with Daniel. It was mostly all about the next English podcast, how, I, how it all started and so on. In fact... It was a few days ago that this episode got published and you can all listen to it 
on iTunes or just find Daniel's website myfluentpodcast.com and search for episode 37 called Interview with Zdenek from Zdenek's English Podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure to be on someone else's podcast for a change, I have to say. The shoe was on the other foot and that is always interesting. All right, that's all that will fit into this special episode, I'm afraid. This one has been, as you might have guessed, well prepared. I hope you liked it. Do let me know. I hope to talk to you next time soon. I have some really interesting interviews uh, arranged, by the way, so stay tuned. It's all in the pipeline and it's all happening soon. Have a great time, everyone. Bye.